Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of To The Point Podcast. Boys doing well on this Thursday. Lots of great content in the hockey world. We saw uh, our Canadian women win this morning, which was great. Uh, what, you know, le- left me with very few hours of sleep, but I did enjoy seeing one hockey team win a gold medal. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, great content for the Olympics. Hockey's in full bloom. But, you know, there was a Super Bowl this past weekend. We're not moved, fully moved past it yet here on the podcast because I had to get my guest today's thoughts on the game. And we had to talk about a certain player who earned a ring as well. But um, back on the podcast, great friend of the show, great friend of mine, great friend of yours, Casey Ward. Casey, uh, how are things, my friend? Uh, thanks, Jug. Doing good. Uh, we're all, all fine and dandy, kind of a little bit into that post-football depression, like you were saying on Monday. But we're getting by. Lots of hockey on the docket and golf coming. So it's, it's, we're surviving. Yeah, really, it's it's thank God for golf. I, I, I last Saturday I forgot that there's no football or anything because I just watched the waste management for like six hours, which might sound sad to some people, but I enjoyed my day. Um, but the Super Bowl, you mentioned it, football's over. Uh, Rams win the Super Bowl, get by the Cincinnati Bengals. What'd you make of the game halftime show? What, what were your overall thoughts on the uh, on the product? I thought it was a pretty good game. Like um, uh, for like, I was rooting for the Bengals. Uh, I I'm, I was against OBJ all game. Uh, I thought it was awesome. You know, just some of the some of the offensive plays from Cooper Cup, uh, Matthew Stafford with the no look passes. That was just pretty awesome. Um, the defense from the Rams in the second in the second half really, I think, won them the ball game. Um, Joe Burrow kind of struggled. Uh, I think he's got an injury there now. He's reported kind of tweaked something. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was a good game to watch. I hated watching OBJ score the first first touchdown of the game. That was like the killer. But I feel bad for him that he went down with his ACL. So, um, hope he can heal up. Yeah, that was I, – I think if he kept playing, he, might, he would have been the Super Bowl MVP. And I uh, – such a freak injury, those ACLs, second ACL tear on that knee in two in 16 months, which uh, I really don't know if he's going to play again. That's where I think he could really – maybe you just want a Super Bowl, go out on top. I think he could get a media job really easily, and I think he's charismatic. He's got good style, and he's also got 16 million followers on Instagram, You know, uh, f- almost 5 million more than Tom Brady, just to put it into context. I think uh, I think the uh, you know the mothership or Fox would love to scoop up OBJ as a in studio analyst uh, for for next season. Yeah, I think well, it's tough, right? Because OBJ, you know, he'll try he'll say he wants to come back and he'll try and find money on the free agent market because you know he wants to get his own and whatever. But um, yeah, I think there's no doubt. Like even if he does decide to walk away from the game, you know, he, he can go whatever route like I think of uh uh Drew Brees he's on TV now uh, mm-hmm. guys like Paul Bissonnette he's on TNT does spit and chicklets all that good stuff like there's so many different uh avenues after the game so it's there's especially a guy like him he's got such a such a wide um following so yeah uh interested to see what comes uh with him what do you think of the halftime show uh, I was pretty good I, I was a big fan 
We, yeah. uh, I watched the game with uh, Hill and uh, her parents, and it was pretty good. I, th- I thought they were a good show. I, I thought I kind of was thinking about uh, Eminem's kneeling there. Um, I didn't know if it was like a Colin Kaepernick thing at the start, and I was, wasn't was sure. People were saying it was for a Tupac. I didn't know what to, what to think, but I thought it was a good show overall. Yeah, I think it was a bit of both, and uh, I think you can get something across and also take a shot at you know, uh, society as a whole at the same time, which as you know, I, I love doing that. Uh, so I'm all, I'm all for that. Um, yeah. Uh, looking at the two teams, if you had to guess today, which, which team has a better shot at getting back to the Super Bowl next year, Cincinnati or the LA Rams? Well, I think, uh, just based off of the stuff I've seen on uh, social media, I think Aaron Donald's going to stay put and, uh, I think that could be huge for their for their decor. Um, so I think with with uh, Donald and Stafford back, Cooper Cup there, I think they still have a pretty good uh, team. So I think that they might be better off with uh, getting back to the Super Bowl. But uh, to the contrary, um, I, after this year, I don't think you can really rule Joe Burrow out. I mean, you can rule out the offensive line because if you're going to get sacked nine, ten times a game, it's it's tough. But um, I, I don't rule them out. It's just, uh, that old line scares me. Yeah. They got to figure that out. Uh, 70 sacks this year. He's going to be Andrew Luck. I, I, I were, I'm really concerned about him because I, like you said, he hurt his knee in the game. I thought he had really hurt it. Like the way, the way he got up, I'm like, uh Oh, he tore his ACL again or something. His girlfriend looked like he was on his deathbed, uh, in the, in the stands, but yeah, I would go with the Rams too. I mean, they have less cap room. You could say, well, Cincinnati's got all you know, 50 million in cap room and they'll get a better offensive line. Well, Cincinnati's a cheap organization. They always have been. I don't trust them to spend money until they spend money. And I look at, like you said, Stafford is very good. I, I, I don't think he's as good as people are. You know, you just want a Super Bowl. So he'll never be better than he is right now. But uh, Aaron Donald will come back. The guy is a... Mac truck, the guy. I mean, yeah, I don't know, that, that third down play where uh, I don't know if you remember this, the last drive case where uh Joe Mixon was hurt. So P Ryan came in, he was a backup running back, and Aaron Donald basically stopped him with one arm. Like he had a guy shouldering him, he grabbed him with one arm, a 250 pound man, and he basically said, No, Gandalf, you shall not pass. Like you, you're yeah. not going. A, it was one of the more impressive things I've, I've ever seen. And it just tells you how great and how strong of a man this guy is. Yeah. Like I, you look at how big of these guys are. And, and uh, I think of the last drive of the game um, for the D zone for, um, for Aaron Donald in the D line. Mm-hmm. And he was on his horse. He, he was, he was getting to Joe Burrow. It didn't matter what he had to do. He was getting there. And um, it, you know, just, that's just uh, determination and that's just a baller doing what ballers do last minute of the game. So um, I was devastated. I wanted to see um, the, uh, the Bengals tie it with the kick and then go to overtime and then let it, then let it uh, play out just because the playoffs have been just absolutely unreal. So that's uh, I was, that was praying for overtime and the most electric game of uh, the year, but happy with what we got. 
Yeah, at least it was close. You know, we've seen a lot of Super Bowls where you get there and you're like, this is going to be a great game. And then it's a blowout by halftime. Yeah. Like, okay, well, I guess I'll get some sleep. Um, Last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mahomes was just running the whole half. We didn't see much of much of anything that, that was uh, that entertaining. Um, a couple stories before we get off football. Tom Brady. Uh, he's, he's had to say he's retired about 80,000 times. It's driving me nuts. These other shows I listen to and they can't shut up about it, but you know, let's talk about it here. Is he retired? Is he coming back? I'd say he's retired. Just let him ride off into the sunset. His wife, his wife's a billionaire. So it's not like he has to stay for cash. So just let him ride off into the sunset, spend time with her, kiss his kids on the lips and send them on his merry way. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange one. Um, yeah, not a fan. Yeah, I won't get into that. But yeah, I'm it, not, uh, I, I don't know. I guess that's an American thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I agree. Could I see him coming back? Yes, but I'm not going to fixate about it every day because I, I, I can only deal with what I have and he's retired. So that means he's done. He's, he's out of my brain. You know, I focus on the, free agent quarterback said, I'm like, okay, are, are the Colts going to cut Carson Wentz? Well, maybe they will, but who's their quarterback? Like, I don't think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback, but no means I'll crush the guy every day of the week, but I don't, who's the replacement? Like that, that's, that, that, you know, that's why Tom Brady is, is talked about really case in my, in my opinion, the big picture is because there are elite level quarterbacks. You mentioned Stafford. I think Joe Burrow is right there. Mahomes, Josh Allen, we know. But the middle, the mid pack, there are so many in that mid pack that you you just say, this guy will never win a Super Bowl. And I'm sure it fuels a guy like Tom Brady to say, why the hell would I leave? I'm still one of the best. And if I can get by this team with Aaron Donald, a special player, I might be able to get an eighth ring. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... Like, that's what it is, right? If if he wants to come back, I think it was Adam that was saying um, if he wants to come back at, in September or in uh, August, come back to training camp and kind of go on his way, but he wants to be a father all summer, then, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. But maybe downplay the punchline until then, you know, let him right. let him relax. You don't have to hear his name in the media every, every day, but... Uh, yeah, like he's still, I think he's still at the top of, well, not the top of his game, but I think he's still pretty elite quarterback. He he led uh, all passing yards this year, I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, I think he, he's definitely still got something in the tank, but uh, I, I'd be happy with him retiring. He doesn't owe me anything. So, unless he wants to come back to the Browns and take them to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. mission. That's a mission right there. I'd be easier in the AFC. Be uh, I don't think it'd be hard to say, hey, hey, Cleveland, you got to get rid of Baker to get Tom Brady. Okay, bye, Felicia. Uh, Smell ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See in hell. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Now, there's two two news fronts on you know, Mister uh, Immunized. Um, do you think he goes back to Green Bay? And also, did you see that him and his fiance, I think this is probably the third one at this point that he's been uh, engaged to, they, they broke up. So, uh, sorry to hear for old Aaron Rodgers. Oh, uh, news to me on the fiance. I didn't even yeah, know Yeah, and Woodley, the actress, have uh, called, it, called it quits. So, 
not ringing any bells. No. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't know if he's going to go back to the uh, frozen tundra or not. Uh, I don't. I think they're kind of looking at going like towards a rebuild. So I don't. I know he said he doesn't really want to be a part of that. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I, I'm interested to see where he ends up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be a, that'll be the talk all off season. Uh, where does he end up? I and mean, he dominated the last off season. So we're used to hearing his name uh, as we move forward here. Um, let's pivot to hockey. And I was going to start with Edmonton, but I want to talk about a team that you really championed last year. Uh-oh. You got, you, you jumped on the bandwagon to the, to the Stanley cup final. You, you loved your, your grandfather's Montreal Canadians. And Yep. Boy, I don't know if I've seen a fall from grace quite like this. You go from the Stanley Cup final to you're worse than Arizona. And that eight wins, I mean, you hire a uh, Pop Warner uh, head coach who was coaching his kids, which I'm sure you heard me on the show. I was not a big fan of that hire or that decision, but what do you make of Montreal? It just, I, some of the decision making throughout all of this has just been really questionable to me. Yeah, it's pretty ugly in Montreal right now. Um, I, I've really kind of tuned away from anything that they're any kind of games. Like I watched, I think the last game I watched was the night that the Zegers happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, for me, that was uh, like, it was so cool to watch because Zegers, I think, is electric in the league. But it was kind of like the the writings on the wall where Montreal doesn't really care anymore. It's, they're going to be going for the draft picks. Um like you said, um, if you're going to be if you're going to be on the losing side of the games, you might as well um, have the best chance at a draft pick. And um, I know the the uh, pool is pretty skim, uh, pretty slim this year. But um, Shane Wright's not a bad add to the uh, to the franchise. I mean, he'd be a good good uh, middle piece, but it's pretty thin right now. And I feel like uh, with the trade deadline looming, I think there's going to be a couple of other players on the on the way out. So I'm um, interested to see what the rest of the year is going to look like would you do you think they'll trade uh jeff petrie before the trade deadline i'm not too sure about petrie but i'm hearing that uh Sherratt's looking to be it on the way out so um i think Sherratt's a, a good d i thought he was pretty pivotal in their run last year i think he's a good kind of shutdown guy but um obviously not this year if they're if he's getting hosed in montreal so um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd want him if I was going, if I was a team that I thought could win a cup, he'd be top of the list for me. I, you know, I've been talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think, you know, he'd be a really good fit there. Um, but it, who who's untouchable in Montreal? Other than, say, other than Suzuki, is there anybody that you say, I will not trade this player? Um, like for me, I'm, I kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not going to say I kind of like him. I like him a lot, but it, it's uh, Romanov. I think yeah. he's a good piece, but you just have to develop him. You have to get him with the right kind of uh, right pair. And um, I think he has so much room to grow. I think as a player, like he can be offensive. He can be a good two-way defenseman, I think. So it's just a matter of him getting a little more mature, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't trade him either. And, you know, Caulfield is, I probably wouldn't trade him, but I don't think he's untouchable. I don't think he's been enough that you're like, okay, I can't trade Cole Caulfield if the right deal comes up. I mean, I, you want to keep him because you think he's got, uh, you know, more to show, more potential, but, you know, his NHL career so far has been pretty lackluster. 
So, um, you know, I, I don't think he's by any means uh, an untouchable piece. How about Carey Price? I mean, he hasn't played all season. I, you know, Montreal, I assume they're going to tear it to the ground. So that would inc include, you know, uh, Carey Price leaving. But I don't see this move as, as a deadline move. But I, it's, he's got a full no move, so he can decide where he goes. But, you know, I, it's, it's going to be very tough for Montreal to, to tell their fans – we're trading away one of the best players in franchise history. And now we got to go get a goalie that we don't have. I mean, that's a really tough, that's a tough pill to swallow for a fan base. If you're just like, Hey, yeah, we're giving away goaltending, which is our biggest strength. And now we need to go find another, you know, carry price, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I don't see uh price being moved by the deadline either. I think it's kind of a, over the summer type deal or at the draft maybe mm -hmm. um i mean if i uh, with the no move clause i i know um you really kind of handcuffed as an organization on where you can send them or where what you can get in return but um like you see guys like taylor hall that want to move and they get their choice um they want to go here the claude drew scenario um where he wants to go to colorado is it going to happen I don't know, but um, I think if Price wants out and wants to go to a certain spot to contend for another cup, he's getting to the back half of his career. I think he's done enough for the city of Montreal to uh, deserve that right to walk. But uh, I mean, that's also his decision. But um, yeah, I think he deserves another chance to go for a cup. I mean, despite leaving Montreal, it's it's ugly there and you don't want to see him kind of rotten the rest of his career way. So. Yeah, I, I agree. And you want to talk about a team that could use Carey Price as Colorado. Uh, you know, that, that I mean, that, I think Montreal trading Price, I mean, it's going to be a tough deal. I, mean, I mentioned a tough sell, but you're likely going to have to eat half of it, uh, which is the max that you can eat uh, under the salary cap. He still makes 10-5. So, that, you know, that's six six million dollars that you're just staring at, uh, you know. So, um and that's going to be a tough for a team like Colorado. Like I said, I think that would want him. You know, they got Rantanen. You got uh, – they're going to have to re-sign McKinnon. You have uh, Kale McCarr, who's making $9 million. That's a lot to fit in. But, you know, I, I think they will pursue it. I think the Edmonton Oilers would likely pursue it. In the office. Again, they have to make that work. But um, – Let's talk, let's talk about Edmonton for, for a second and we'll, we'll tie price in at the end. New coach, they fired Dave Tippett and they've been on a hot streak since. And boy, yeah, they're Edmonton's all their faults are gone. Now they're riding high sports net. Just put them in the playoffs. Now. Uh, it's, it's like, the, it's like the lease in 13 uh, for sports net right now. Uh, but I, I still don't trust this team, Casey. I don't. I, I love their two corner uh, cornerstone pieces, but McDavid hasn't been playing that well this season. Um, again, 40-year-old Mike Smith. I love his heart. I mean, who doesn't like Mike Smith, but he's 40 bleeping years old. Uh, Koskinen, thanks, Peter Shirelli. Uh, and I, their depth has just been terrible. If you're the GM, you're Ken Holland, are you aggressive at this trade deadline? Are you keeping your assets because you just don't think this team's good enough to win a Stanley cup? 
Well, I think that uh, Edmonton's like a on a like they're a bubble bubble team right now. I think like they're on the verge of being uh, like a good contender. They're just a few pieces away. Mm-hmm. Um, like myself as a GM, um, like I I like Sherratt from Montreal. I kind of look at him maybe adding to this uh, Edmonton lineup. Yeah, he's not a bad piece, right? So. I look at him um, for a goaltending oppor- opportunity. Maybe I look at uh, giving Fleury an opportunity to go for a run in the playoffs with McDavid. Um, but then again, you have to have you have to have a solid uh, defenseman up front. And another guy I had possibly going to the Oilers as a goaltender is maybe Var- uh, Varlamov from uh, the Islanders. I mean, right. pretty lackluster year down there in in uh, the island. It's I mean, I think I have them as one of my biggest frauds of the year. But, uh, yeah, I think they're a few pieces away from being a good good contender. I mean, Kane was a good piece, I think. He's been pretty solid since he's came into the lineup. So um, his gritty game is good for the playoffs, I think. But, uh, yeah, uh, Connor's kind of got to pick it back up and get back into his uh, regular pace if they want to be successful. He's going to have to will them in to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think Flurry is an obvious connection. Um, but like you said, um, I like, I love Nurse. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I hear people criticize that contract. I, 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 sure he could make eight. I mean, but, you know, that's the going rate. And I think he's a number one defenseman. I don't even think it's a debate. Um, you know, I heard different shows say, well, Morgan Riley got seven five. Well, Morgan Riley's not as good as Darlene Nurse. Sorry. Uh, it's really not that close either. Um, and you know, you can't, it's such a tough position as a general manager because you have McDavid and Dreisaitl and normally in hockey culture, as you know, case it's, well, we're not going to complain about our current situation. We're not the NBA where James Harden can play for three different teams in a year, given the, and he's all, you know, you, you can play for three different franchises and get to pick where you go, despite being out of shape and despite despite not being a good team player. But I look at McDavid this year. He's irritable. He seems pissed off. He's not happy. Players are different than they were 20 years ago. If you don't be aggressive, I think there's a legitimate chance McDavid walks in and says, you know what, Ken, I'm done with this. Like I, I want to win Stanley Cups. I don't want to be known as the greatest player to never win one or never, not even get close. So I think there's an added element of pressure to say, add to this roster or I might not be here next year. Yeah, no, I get that vibe from McDavid as well. Like uh, just some of the pressures that I've seen, he looks just miserable, right? Just hates hockey, especially when they're on their slump. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty uh, important that the um, Oilers are, aggressive this uh trade deadline like it, it, it's you got to be smart too though when it comes to the to the moves that you're going to make and like you don't want to handcuff yourself in the future too much like you want you obviously want to go to the stanley cup finals look at tampa bay but they continuously do it year after year like they're they're one of the best teams in the nhl and they're on verge of possibly three-peating so um i think like you kind of got to look at something like that and try and base like yeah, they have Kucherov, but we have McDavid, we have Stamkos, mm-hmm. Dreisaitl. You can go down the lineup, but it's it's just the depth pieces, I think, that make a big difference for uh, Tampa over Edmonton. And I think that's what they're kind of missing. So, 
Yeah. Um, and I, I would probably add Flurry if I could. I'd still be worried because I don't think this – like, I look at Edmonton case, I don't think they beat Calgary in a seven-game series, and I don't really think there's an ad at the deadline, and that includes Marc-Andre Flurry that I look at and say, kid, they will beat Calgary in, in a seven-game series. I I like Markstrom more than I like Flurry. Flurry will be a Hall of Famer, but Markstrom's a better goaltender than Flurry is right now. I, yeah. You know, I'm impressed with Calgary. I kill – Brad Living more than anybody, but that team is going to be extremely difficult to play against. And I look at the way Edmonton's built. I think that's a matchup nightmare for them because the, you know, the, the uh, postseason game of the NHL flips more than any other sport. There's less ice, there's less availability. And we've seen last year, McDavid and Dreisaitl weren't, weren't very good. And they're playing a Winnipeg team that is way less, has way much girth, way less, size and truculence than the than the calgary flames do right now yeah i think the flames are just absolutely red hot right now like uh they've they've been kind of riding that wave uh for like the last couple weeks so Mm -hmm. i've I've been looking at the standings every day and they're kind of just shooting up and shooting up like at one point they were just below uh just above edmonton and now they're first in the division over over vegas so i mean they're they're obviously showing that they're a tough team um I think Toffoli's a good addition. I think uh, obviously he's going to be good for the playoff experience and he's got two cups and all that good stuff. Right. So um, he's a good piece. Markstrom is, is elite. I think uh, if it comes down to Edmonton and Calgary in the playoffs, I, I don't think uh, Edmonton's going to come close in that seven game series. Just Markstrom, he, he can control the outcome of a game just by, uh, stopping 50, 50 shots a night or 20 shots, what doesn't matter what it is, but um, I'm interested to see what, what the Pacific division is going to look like when it comes down to it. Yeah. I mean, cause I, the really Edmonton, the reason they're still in it is because, you know, Anaheim and LA really overachieved, you know, that this, at this point, I don't think either team is that great. Uh, obviously they both have a lot of young talent, which you got to love to see, you know, you mentioned Trevor Zegras, you go through both teams and you look like, oh, I'm stoked about this guy. This guy's going to be really fun to watch. But Edmonton should be better than these teams. Uh, you know, Edmonton should be better than San Jose. You go, you know, you go down the line of this division, there isn't that many great teams. And that might be the reason they make it in. But it's that balance of, okay, we made the playoffs. But if you lose in the first round again, you're just one of those middle pack teams. And that's almost as bad as finishing. De- it's, I think it's worse than finishing dead last. Cause at least you get the first pick. I, I always say, if you don't win the cup, you're just as, you're just as big a loser as the team that finishes last. And I, it pisses off a lot of people and close to my household, Casey, because <laughs> uh, you know, they, they get sensitive about it, but it's a hundred percent. I think it's a hundred percent the truth. Cause if you lose in the finals, that's a way tougher pill to swallow than finishing dead last and getting Shane Wright or whomever. Yeah, no doubt for sure. Like if you, if you lose in the finals, I mean, you're going to be depressed all summer. You're not going to want to train this and that. Uh, I, I could just see, you know, lose, well, I've been there losing a losing team, whatever. So I know what it's like going into summer. You're looking, think, thank God there's a draft and you know, whatever. But um it was yeah, easier think, when you drank. Yeah, for sure. For it's sure. on you now. Yeah, it would be. 
I don't know if I'd be well. I, I could golf too, still. So right, right, yeah. A couple of Pepsi's and uh, <laughs> in the back nine. Um, yeah. You mentioned Sherratt. I, I like I like the idea of that. Um, but you know, another thing about Edmonton, this goes back to Ken Holland, is they have no cap room, and this is one hundred percent his. I a contract that is just baffling to me, and he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. This guy's a good player, but. Right. Why did Ryan Nugent Hopkins need an eight year extension? I, why eight years? They had him for eight years. They didn't win nothing with him as with him there. He, yeah. Again, he's a very good player. This is not about him putting him down, but it's a big cap number. It's a lot of years and they're so cash strapped. It's very difficult to make any sort of move. Getting flurry to come to Edmonton will be tough unless Chicago is willing to eat a lot of his uh, his salary. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like a lot of the guys in Edmonton are are making pretty steep salaries. Like McDavid, uh, Drysaddle. Yes, yeah, they're both they're both uh, right up there. So, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of you know Darnell Nurse signed a good ticket. Uh, yeah. And Nuja Hopkins, you know, he's been a journeyman over there. He's been uh, faithful to the Edmonton Nation. Honestly, I'd like. Uh, I feel bad that he's going to be wrapped up there for another eight years if things don't turn around, but. Um, I think he'd be not bad piece for someone to go after if Edmonton's kind of on the sell side, but, uh, yeah, I think that, um, maybe, uh, offensive piece that Edmonton could maybe add at the deadline is, uh, Kubalik from Chicago. He's not Mm. a bad little player. He's pretty, pretty crafty, but, uh, yeah, I think that the Oilers are going to have to make a pretty significant moves at the deadline. Yeah, is Nugent Hopkins Toronto's Morgan Riley? Uh, yeah, I would have to say it's got to be something close, like Golden Child type thing. I don't know. Like just you know, they've been there forever, and you feel for them because they both went through a lot of losing, and but they they get rewarded with with big tickets. I, I never made that correlation before, but I, I just kind of came to my mind. Yeah, I feel bad for I feel bad more so for Nugent Hopkins more than uh, Riley. Right. But uh, that's just because uh, Nugent Hopkins had to experience the Yakupov era and everything that uh, went on. Or because you hate Toronto. Uh, That too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's because you feel it's in your heart. You feel so bad bad for Morgan Riley. Um, We're going through trade pieces. what about Claude Giroux? You know, I've heard we've heard Colorado, which is interesting. Um, I've made the point. I think a defenseman would be a more important need for Colorado. I mean, I, I like their upfront. You know, they got great defense, Picard, Byron, but I, it's small to me. Case I, I don't like. I, I hate having defensemen that are all the same. I like diversity yeah. in life. People I talk to, you know, it's just it's nice. Um, mm-hmm. I. If you can get both, do it. I think it's going to be extremely difficult, but I would rather add a defenseman if I'm Colorado because I, having a great defense and having good goaltending is more important than having great forwards. That's just my opinion on how to win a cup. They certainly can, but I think you mentioned a Sherratt. He'd be right there. Um, maybe even a Chikrin. You know, Chikrin's different than a Klingberg. I think Klingberg is too close to Makar, like – you can only have so many uh, puck moving defensemen that don't play that well defensively. 
Uh, I think uh, Chikrin, if you look at his plus minus, you'd hate the guy, but I do think he's got more, he's got term and he, he'd be a good ad for this team as well. That'd be a blockbuster trade. Yeah, no, I, I'm interested to see if uh, Drew isn't, is going to end up in Colorado. I like you, I think defense and goaltending is what, what gets you through the playoffs and gets you over the hump, but that's just me. And um, I've seen that uh, Drew's kind of also rumored to go maybe to Minnesota or St. Louis. Right. So, I mean, that's also interesting, but uh, Chikrin would be a good ad, especially uh, his size with, uh, with Colorado, I think would be huge. So. I think Minnesota would be a great landing spot for Giroux because I think they do need to That's a team that I think needs another forward. Um, yeah. I watched them. I don't know if you watched any of that game last night with Winnipeg, but I really like Minnesota's team. I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Colorado's just going to make it to the Stanley Cup final out West. I think Minnesota's going to have something to say about it. Uh, they're a tough group of boys like that. Eric Sinek, uh, Greenway, Felino line is like, I don't know. They're just my, I love that line. Uh, and they, I like their back end. I do think they need another top six forward. And, you know, you got uh, Zuccarello, Giroux. I mean, Zuccarello is having a fantastic season. Uh, yeah. And I think Giroux could play center or he could play the wing. I think that's something that he's not as fast as he used to be, but he could still take draws and play the wing on, on a team that he's traded to. Yeah. And like, um, I think Drew would fit in not bad with the Wild. I think he's more up their alley, kind of with the game. Um, right. I don't know if you watched, like, I don't know if you've seen it last night, but um, when Zuccarello scored his goal last night, mm-hmm. um, I know you're an old hockey connoisseur, and um, for me, it kind of brought back like vibes from uh, Detroit when they had all the Russians on the ice. Yeah. The way that they were moving the puck around, like one touch passes and zigzagging and it, it was pretty awesome to see. I, I thought it was pretty, pretty nice, but um, that game was good last night. I thought uh, Winnipeg for me was a little bit, a little bit better than I was expecting. Shifley had a, had a really good game. Um, Patrick. So not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I thought, that, I thought, I think that those two teams are good even uh, with Winnipeg kind of lower in the, in the central standings. I think they're still a good team, but I, um, I'm interested to see what what uh, Minnesota and Vegas are going to have to say about uh, Colorado trying to go to the finals. Yeah, Winnipeg's so perplexing because I think they should be better than what they are, and it, it, yeah. it frustrates me to see them. And the, I mean, they are in a tough division. Uh, I will say that you know, Colorado. We could talk about Colorado all day. A 19 game point streak. Minnesota. St. Louis is is a good team. You know, they're they're quiet, but they're you know they're a good team. Nashville, I have less confidence in, but Dallas isn't bad. Uh, and we look at Winnipeg, they're currently, you know, six points out of a playoff spot. Like that's a long ways to go. Like that, they got a truck along here. And I, I worry about them because they've played 47 games. That's a lot, but they maybe Wheeler has one last kick in the can in him. He looks a little long in the tooth right now. Had a good game last night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think they're going to need their big boys to play hard down the stretch for this team to, to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's big, too, with uh, Shrefley having a good game last night. Might, might get the boys going and uh, might get uh, Wheeler on the on the go again, too. Um, 
guy I thought had a good game last night too was uh, uh, Perfetti from the mm-hmm. Jets. I thought he played. I thought he looked not bad. Um, from uh, what I can remember at the at the World Juniors, I remember we talked about him how he was kind of a perimeter player and wasn't really um, too engaged in the play. Last night I seen him in the corners a couple times digging for pucks and yeah, hard uh, hard on the puck. So. You know, I think it's good, and if he can kind of uh, find a little bit of success, I know he had, I think, two assists last night. So, if he can keep it rolling, then you never know the the Jets might find a way to sneak in. Yeah, I think they're better than you know LA and you know some of those specific teams that they could be chasing. And you know Dallas is right in there too, but I kind of believe Dallas is going to sell off some assets here. I think you look at Pavelski; he's a guy that he's a UFA at the end of the year. I think teams are going to want Joe, but I'd want Joe Pavelski. I'll tell you that. Cause I think he's having a great season. Obviously you wouldn't want to move him because he's playing with Jason Robertson. Who's uh, I love him as a player as well. I think he back-to-back really good seasons. All we hear was Nick Robertson. Actually, Jason was the better player. He just plays in Dallas. Um, but, you know, Pavelski drew some of these veteran forwards that have a lot of playoff experience. They're going to be highly coveted and, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Dallas does because it's about almost a month to the trade deadline, but uh, Pavelski is a guy that would be very high on my wish list. And if I'm Minnesota, I take Pavelski over a Drew, you know, any team I I'd prefer Pavelski over a Drew at this point. Anyway. Yeah. My uh, East coast, West coast teams for, for uh, Pavelski would be uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. for uh, the West coast. And then, uh, um, I'd like to see him go to Carolina in the East. That Interesting. I think I, I've been I've been pretty steady at looking at at uh, Carolina, and I just like the way that they're playing this year. Like I think that they're one of the better teams in the Metro. Um, I know Pittsburgh's ahead of them, I'm pretty sure, but uh, I just the way that they play. I find they're a shutdown team. They're not fancy, but they get it done. And I think uh, Pavelski would be a big add to their power play, especially in front of the net. So that's what I think. And uh, two more uh, trades, I think, that uh, with, with the trade deadline coming is uh, Cal Yarncroke from Seattle. I, mm-hmm. I'm thinking with um, Nashville kind of being on that bubble, I think that they might call him back for some, um, bring him back in. He used to play play yeah. there so I think that's not a bad place and then uh, Giordano I think uh, there's been kind of rumors of him going back to the Flames but I don't really think that they need him um, but out east you know wouldn't be a bad place to send him in uh, down to the Panthers or maybe even a team like the Rangers mm-hmm. yeah the the rain you talked about yeah that your east teams with Pavelski possibly to Carolina I think that would work uh are they going to be too cheap to bring him in? That's my big worry again. With yeah. They're such a good team that great for coaching for the limited resources they're given uh, their GM and coach do wonders with, with that team. But what about the Rangers with little Joe Pavelski? I, I still think they need a top six forward. I, I think they're a really, really good team, but I like you, Carolina is the best team in the set in the uh, Metro to me, if Pittsburgh can be ahead of them. I don't care. They're not going to be ahead of them at the end of the year. You know, they'll flame out like they do every year since yeah. winning the cup. They haven't won a playoff round since they won their last cup. Um, but I think the rain, if, if I'm the Rangers, I think I could get to a Stanley cup final. Why not? I mean, they have limited experience, but 
sure, Tampa and Florida are, are great. Toronto is, is no small feat. But you look at your own division, we could get to a conference final, and we the only team we really fear, and I think this is true feeling, is Carolina. We don't fear Washington. We don't fear Pittsburgh. If we could win the division, we're in a good spot to make a run. And, you know, I think they need another top six forward to really put themselves in that conversation and get there by the end of the season. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good um, thought. Like Pavelski to the Rangers. Uh, that's why I feel like the Rangers and the Hurricanes kind of have a similar makeup. I've, that's just kind of what I feel. I watched the Rangers game against the Bruins the other night. Wasn't that a great game? It was, it was in the background. I had it more in the background. I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't too, too into the, to the shootout as. No, I turned that off. Yeah. I watched the winner, but, uh, I mean, I, I was, it was a good game, but it's just, I, for me, it's the fucking announcers, man. I can't fucking do it. You know what to do. You know, <laughs> Casey, mute. I was what. That's what I mean. I was watching. It was more so in the background for me because I was more so watching the Masters recap from last year and uh, watching Hideki just hit bombs. So that's more more so what I was watching. But um, well, respect, well, respect there. Watching old reruns. You sound like me back in 06. Uh, but uh, no, I, I I love to hear that. I mean, that that's that's good homework. Uh, but no, I watched that game as well. I thought it was a great game uh, back yeah. and forth. Um, I like but, that they were uh, running the goalie. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. I I I just look at that. They're gonna be tough. Like I think they're they're a tough team. Lingren on the back end, I like a lot. He plays with with obviously Adam Fox, who's a who's a superstar, but Lingren is like a Mark Mathot, but he's better than Mark Mathot. You know, he's he's tough. He's a he doesn't he's not a big man, but he's a tough son of a bitch. He's hard to move. And I just look at this team, Panarin, you got to love him and just Sabinejad, their core pieces. Yeah. But if they could get another top six forward to score big goals and big games, I think they, they really become a legitimate threat. Yeah. And like you said, Joe Pavelski, like he's, he, without a doubt, if he moves at the deadline, he's going to be to an American team that's in the run. Um, and like, to me, just I think Carolina, but like New York is obviously a great spot too. They're both mm -hmm. kind of right there in the run. So um, I'd be happy to see him go to either one and go on a nice run. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on Carolina's bandwagon uh, heading into the playoffs. I'd like to see them go on a nice run, especially with Ethan Bear. Yeah. Um, one last player before we talk about our kind of our division, best team in the division and kind of teams that have disappointed us this year. If you're the Canucks, do you trade JT Miller? Um, it's tough. He's having not bad year. He's having a pretty pretty solid year, but uh, depends on what what the piece is. I know we, like he, there's going to be people at the on the bubble that are hopefully getting in that are going to be coming looking. So it just depends on what what the offer is. I think, but uh, I'm not opposed to moving him. He's a really I, I like him a lot as a player. Yeah. And but if if the takers are giving a lot, like I don't think Vancouver's gonna make the playoffs personally. Um mm -hmm. and I you know he's got 46 points, you know, in, in 40, he's a point per game player. That that's that's a nice season. He makes 5.25 million, he's got one year left. So that, that's a tough t 
ticket to take on this this late in the season. But you know, if I'm a team and I say I feel like again, would he, would New York explore getting him back? They got a it was a good trade when they when they did you know I think Vancouver got good value because he's been very good since since being there. But you know, if you trade JT Miller, he's got a year left on his contract out east. Vancouver doesn't have to worry about him. Uh, maybe you get you can get a, a Krasov back who hasn't been playing. He's a youngster who was a first round pick, has been playing in the KHL all year. So you get a, a player's rights. You get a, uh, definitely a first round pick in return. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I think it's something to explore. And I think if you're a playoff team again, he's a guy you get for two years. It's like the Blake Coleman trade, but I think JT Miller is a better player. So to get two cracks with the same player would interest me interest me a lot if I'm a team looking at uh, JT Miller's services. Yeah, he wouldn't be a bad bad uh, pickup for the Rangers. I don't think he uh, point per game player, so he, you know what he's going to bring. It's it's uh, just a matter of getting them there. Uh, I also think maybe um, Boston. You know, yeah. maybe pick him up, trying to spice up that that uh, forward line, add him, add him in there for extra offense. Um, yeah, they could certainly use him there because I yeah. you know, the other night you watch, and obviously Bergeron didn't play, Marchand suspended for some reason. Uh, but uh, it, you look at that team, you're like, okay, they they're lacking. You know, I, Charlie Coyle, like they have too many guys that are inconsistent. Where you're a point per game player, you're playing pretty damn well night in, night out. Yeah. And yeah, I thought like uh, for some of the forwards uh, the other night in the Bruins game, they just seemed like pretty flat. Um, Mm -hmm. It it just like, I don't know if it was just the way that the game, like the spurts of the game, but it just seemed like they kind of were missing momentum or or, uh, just couldn't get the bounces. But I think New York kind of controlled the game pretty well the other night. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Miller move to a nice contender, and uh, New York would be a good spot for him. So, uh, you got some breaking news here uh, on the podcast. Uh, do you remember the baseball player Tyler Skaggs that passed away? You know, really out of the blue, he used to pitch for the Angels. Yeah. So the jury, the jury have found ex Angels employee K guilty of causing death in Skaggs' trial. So he's going to be going to jail. Uh, this. So basically, to give everybody some background info, Tyler Skaggs died uh, basically because he had an opioid overdose. He was he was addicted to opioids. He was only 28 years old when he when he passed away. And Eric Kay, a former employee, was distributing fentanyl to uh, to Tyler Skaggs and other players uh, illegally. And Tyler Skaggs died. So he's he's so he was 27 when, when he was found dead. Uh, and now, uh, is, he's going to be going to jail and, uh, you know, obviously that's, that's off topic. Baseball is, doesn't look like he's going to be playing anytime soon, but this was, I, I read the other day that, you know, the, the dark night, Matt Harvey admitted to giving Tyler Skaggs, um, fentanyl and different medications, which he won't be in trouble for that because that's just, you know, player to player kind of thing that happens all the time. But, um, you know, justice was served here. Uh, this guy, 27 passes away obviously um and uh I'm, I'm just happy to see that justice was served and uh you know that the right thing happened here yeah no doubt uh obviously sad to hear but 
yeah, that's it's uh, good to see that the justice system prevails for once. Yeah. Um, getting back to topic at hand, who are your who are the best four teams? Each division, if you had to rate the divisions, who are the best four teams that uh, that you have on your docket case? Well, um, Colorado, Tampa, Carolina, and um, for the Pacific, it's tough because I I had Vegas down, but I, um, Calgary's been um, so hot right now. It's tough to say, but I'm going to stick with uh, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is going to be interesting because obviously Jack Eichel returned last night. They they ended up getting shut out, but he hasn't played in a long time. I'm interested to see how he clicks. Mark Stone mm-hmm. is going to be injured, so that chemistry will be have to wait a while. Yeah, but and uh, Robin Leonard's hurt as well, so that, I'm, I'm a little worried. If they weren't in that division, I'd really be worried uh, about yeah. Vegas. But I with you, I have Colorado and I have Carolina. No big surprise there. Uh, me and you both love our awesome Hurricanes. <clears throat> yeah, in the Atlantic, I have the Florida Panthers, uh, and yeah, I, I got to stick with them. Uh, they played Carolina last night. Great hockey game. Loved every mm-hmm. second of it. Sasha Barkov, unbelievable goal. I mean, that that guy, his size, his ability, that he's he's unbelievable. Aaron Ekblad continues to – he's rejuvenated his career. I, I'm so happy for him. I, I love seeing him play well. I think they got a great team. And I'm going to – you know, I because I'm so hard on this team, and especially on the GM, I have to give him credit for playing well. I'm going to say Calgary and Brad tree living should have been fired. I will not get off that opinion, but uh, he's got more lies than uh, Garfield, but um, I uh, they're playing great hockey. I think they're going to be tough to play against in the playoffs. My boy, Matthew Kachuk is just looking like a flat out stud out there. Him, Lindholm and Goodrow, one of the best lines in the NHL. And uh, they have a stud in net. So it's going to be tough to beat them. Yeah, Johnny Hockey kind of caught fire too, eh? Third, mm-hmm. third or fourth in the league in points. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely not a bad pick with the with the Flames. Um, I'm hoping that uh, Eichel can kind of get it going. I f- I feel for him first game back into the league last night, not playing in probably over a calendar year. So mm-hmm. it is tough, and it is going to take him a little while to get back to uh, game shape and. Um, get everything going but I'm, I'm faithful that uh, he'll still have a good year there so um yeah uh yeah, I would, I, go ahead no as you say he played 17 minutes which was a good sign I mean that's not a yeah. whole lot of minutes but for your first game and like you said a very long time I'll take 17 minutes yeah no that's uh I was expecting him to kind of play around that 15 to 20 ish minutes. I didn't think they were going to just overexert him his first night, but it's definitely a good spot for him to kind of just ease his way back into the lineup. Took uh, two pins, which I, uh, two penalties, which I thought would excite you. Uh, oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> Is that a square sheet he was there? Yeah. <laughs> um, where's, uh, I got to ask you, we're on the podcast. We always got to talk about this team, not as much as the other shows, just a quick ask. Where's Toronto in your hierarchy in the in the East? So if you had to rate your Eastern Conference, say your best four teams in the in the Eastern Conference, is Toronto a part of that group? Yeah, I'd say they're four. I'd give them fourth. So you got but, Carolina one, Tampa two. Uh, 
Yeah, Carolina one, Tampa two, um, Florida three. Florida three, obviously, because there's no way the Toronto beats either one of those three teams. But that's just that's a story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I. I yeah, I would probably agree with you. I, I'd have Florida higher, obviously. Uh, but I, to me, like, I love Florida, but as a team. Uh, but I, I look at Tampa is still, when it comes to the playoff hierarchy, there's still one to me until somebody beats them. Because, you know, Florida hasn't won anything in the playoffs. Neither has Toronto. Uh, you could argue the Rangers haven't won anything. Carolina has a little bit more credence. They went to the conference final a few years ago. They've been there year in year. They've won playoff rounds, not just show up. Uh, So, but you look at the East, there's a lot of unproven teams. So for for Tampa, you just look at it and you're like, well, the Islanders aren't going to make the playoffs. They're usually our biggest competition. So get there healthy. I, I still worry about them because they got the most clutch player in Braden point, the best goalie in the world. Kucherov, Stamkos is playing better than maybe he ever has. I mean, that, yeah, that's not not an easy out there. No, he's, uh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen him play like up to this standard. And it's been a while since he's had a full year. Yeah. So to see him have 55 points at the uh, 50 ish, 45, 50 game mark is that's pretty good. So he's, uh, He's definitely leading the charge there. He's he's taking Braden Point and Cooch and all those guys under his wing. So I think all that's good stuff. And I'm I'm all for the big rig going for four and mm-hmm. the three Pete in Tampa. I'm all for it. I can just imagine the presser with Kucherov after and maybe they'll limit his uh limit the Bud Lights before uh, his, his <laughs> presser. But I hope not. It. Yeah, I'm all for the content. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Um. Who's the most disappointing team in the NHL this year for you? Well, uh, I'm gonna let my Canadians slide. I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna shame them anymore. They've, okay. they've taken it hard enough already. <laughs> but um, for a team that I thought you know could be a contender or is a good team in the league and year in year out they're always good, um, is the New York Islanders. Yeah. For me this year they're really underperforming, and I feel bad for guys like Barzell that have the they have the insane amount of skill to do whatever they want they can control the game offensively but he just has to stay with the systems and he has to stick in that uh, regime I guess so it's tough yeah New York is a clear I mean back-to-back conference finals and they're they're losing to to Buffalo you know all yeah. the time now so that, that's a tough pill to swallow I I'm also going to throw in Philadelphia I have very little faith in Philadelphia, but come on. I mean, like la- the other night, I'm watching some of that game because Crosby scored his 500 goal. Congratulations to, to Sid the Kid. Yeah. But you're up 4-2 going into the third period, and you choke it, you gag it away. And I – like, they, they don't get goal, good goaltending. Drew's having a good year. You wouldn't know it. The team's pathetic. Uh, and you're in the Metro. Columbus is – eight points clear of you Columbus I mean you're tied with New Jersey my devils I mean come on like I I, it's it's just a sad state of affairs in Philly and before we know it Danny Breer would be the GM of that team with who knows maybe Vinny LeCavalier would be the head coach 
<laughs> yeah, no, I have uh, Philly down as uh, they suck to say the least. That's uh, my note beside them. I had them down as one of the biggest frauds in the NHL as well. So that's uh, to sum it up, they suck and there's it's not getting any better. So, yeah, no, um, a lot of NHL stories. We'll, we'll podcast again as we get closer to the deadline and uh, the playoffs and everything. But I wanted to talk to you today as, all, as well about golf. Obviously, it's in full swing. Uh, so far this year, the only players that have won tournaments on the PGA Tour are guys that have never won tournaments. Hudson Swafford, Tom Hoagie, uh, Scotty Scheffler. I, I like seeing the, the new blood get into things here. But my main question is, what did you make of the scene at 16 at the Waste Management this past weekend with, you know, you go through it all, two hole-in-ones, which were crazy, the beer cans going everywhere, Harry Higgs gearing down. Uh, it was <laughs> uh, it was a hell of a, a weekend, and it was, what did you make of the scene on, on 16? You know what? I think it's awesome. I think uh, I, I wasn't uh, watching it live, but uh, I was checking Instagram, and I seen – um, I think it was uh, Sam Ryder's home one, I think. Yeah, yeah, on Saturday, and, yeah. Yeah, and that was nuts to see the beer cans flying, and um, I think it's awesome. And then you see all the people on, on social media go like, oh, come on, where's the respect in the game and all this stuff, and like, come on, like, oh. it's a, you know what it's like down there in, in Phoenix, it's an absolute party, so um, I think it was awesome, and to see one um, later on was even better. And then uh, Harry Higgs and uh, uh, Joel Dom, yeah, that that was awesome. Like uh, that's just hilarious. And I, if if that's a, kind of a sneak peek at what we're gonna get with the with the uh, Netflix series um, right. on the on the horizon, then I'm I'm sold. Like uh, like I said with the NFL, I'm all in. So um, I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was awesome too. Uh, people that are writing that, grow up. Um, like there's every other weekend golf is this, the other complaint was golf's this stuffy sport. And, oh, okay. No way. Well, you finally have a little, like, this is not going to be every weekend. 16 at the waste management is very different from 16 at Augusta national. We know that even this weekend, uh, at Riviera, which is a money course, one of the nicest courses in the world, but like case, if I know for me and you, if, if we're planning a golf trip, boys trip, I'd rather go to the waste management than Augusta. I'll tell you that because guess what? Weather, February, Arizona, money. Uh, and how about that? That course is gorgeous. I mean, I, I loved watching it because it was great on TV. I couldn't imagine being there next year, Super Bowl in Arizona, the same weekend waste management. How could you get a better setup than that? Yeah, you would. You're definitely running on the red eye down there for sure next year. If you uh, if you happen to get a ticket to both, yeah, um, I know that uh, that that environment down there at the Phoenix Open, the waste management is just unreal. The uh, I think the lines start at three in the morning for the six thirty open, so that they can run to the grandstands yeah. and stuff. Like that's insane. I I'd be sleeping in line, but. Uh, that's just to say the least. It, it'd be absolutely insane weekend down there next year uh, with the Super Bowl and the and the waste management. But uh, that that'd be like a all timer. You'd have to you'd have to have a GoPro on the whole time just to get everything. <laughs> yeah, I I love that tournament. It's nice just to see different stuff. It's like 
it's like the U.S. Open where they shoot over par. It's like a three under par winner. You need that sometimes. You can't just be dash 25 every week because that gets, you know, that gets boring as well. Yeah. Um, like I said, they're in Riviera this weekend, the Genesis uh, Tigers tournament. He uh, had his presser yesterday. Uh, but you, I, we talked before, but kind of give the listeners your take on who, who you like this weekend and uh, who, who you pick to win the, the uh, whole tournament. Well, I, I was uh, looking at the lineup and the list of players that are in the in the hunt or not in the hunt, but in the tournament. And uh, my pick before the tournament was Cam Smith, um, tightless guy. I kind of think that he's kind of playing really well right now. Um, another guy that I don't mind watching is uh, Patrick Cantley. 20, uh, I, th- I was reading 26 of his last 28 rounds have been uh, sub 70. Wow. So, uh, you know, two, two rounds, I think one at Pebble and um, one the week before Pebble uh, where he shot a 72 and a 71. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, his game is the um, best it's ever been. And um, Morikawa, you can't count him out at a place like Riviera where precision is, is uh, needed. So it'll be interesting to see how it ends up uh, after the cut line and see what it looks like in the weekend. Yeah, as of right now, Scotty Scheffler, who won last weekend in the lead. So back-to-back, good starts to tournaments. He's five under. Spieth, five under. Uh, Kokrak, Morikawa, Cam Smith, your boy JT, four under. Uh, so, yeah, you have, you have some good players at the top. Guys, you know, John Rahm, two under for the day. Shoffley, two under. Uh, Thigala, who's kind of this rising star, two under. So, uh, you know, it's a great field. You know, Vic Hovland's in the field. He's, uh, he's on the course right now. Uh, Brooksy, uh, you know, you got, you got some great guys, Matsuyama, your guy, uh, Mr. Burns, Sam Burns. So, um, it should be a great tournament. I, I, you know, this stretch of golf is great. Uh, this, these next couple of weeks with the football, no football, it, it makes the, the pain a little easier when, you know, you have some great courses and, some great fields for, for guys to, uh, to play in. Yeah, no, it definitely makes it a little bit easier. And, uh, that's definitely what I'm going to try and consume my weekends with now that, uh, golf is, or, uh, football's done. I'm going to try and get into the simulators more. I'm going to try and get on the TV, just get everything going with golf and just annoy the living hell out of my girlfriend. Um, ask her if the swing looks good, ask her, you know, anything you about like golf. watching golf. Oh, she she probably hate it, but uh, she'll she'll sit there and do it. It's like anything; she'll uh, she'll sit there and, and uh, suffer through the the pain and torture of the television. She doesn't mind uh, watching UFC or NFL, hockey. It doesn't matter. She'll sit there. And oh, they ride got the a wave. good woman because yeah, she, yeah, she's a trooper. Yeah, um, yeah, no, good good to hear there because that that's 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 my big fear for you see so you really consume it all because me I, I control the clicker so it, it yeah. even if i didn't control the clicker we'd be watching it case you know me <laughs> I, she'd be going before the tv my friend uh, <laughs> uh but i always love chatting with you i appreciate you making the time man and uh maybe we'll do it we'll do it again soon in uh, maybe a different location yeah, no, it sounds good. Stay tuned for information coming February 28th on information from To The Point. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Good tease. Uh, thanks, Case, for joining me today. Thanks, everybody, for listening, uh, subscribing, all the good stuff. Um, have a great night. And as always, this has been To The Point.